Welcome to the Event Tech Podcast, where we explore the ever-evolving world of event technology every week. This show is brought to you by Endless Events, the event AV company that doesn't suck. Now, let's talk tech. Hello, hello, ladies and gentlemen. The Event Tech Podcast is back. This is Will Kern from Endless Events, and I am ecstatic for this week's episode of Event Tech Podcast because we're going to be talking about something that I think that you might have thought about for your events but never implemented. And we're going to talk about the technology behind it. We have Khalil Ashanti from We Show Up and I'm, you're going to love this guy. He's awesome. I get so energized talking to him but he has such a cool business and such a cool technology that's going to revolutionize how people potentially pay and see value in events. Uh, Khalil's story is incredible. So I, you know what? I, I definitely just want to jump right on in and we got to get this guy over here. Khalil, welcome so much to the Event Tech Podcast. We're so excited to have you here. Thanks, man. Good to be here. <laughs> well, let's uh, let's dive in because I actually think your story is really, really cool. And I think it's important to, um, because you told me your story when you're describing the technology, I think it's important to like what you were doing and why you thought about this. So give everyone a little bit of background before you started We Show Up. What was What were you doing? And you know, give me that backstory. You know, it really was really just scratching my own itch. Uh, I'm an actor and a web developer. And like many of you out there, I'm just trying to make ends meet. I've been blessed enough to have a, a, a tremendous amount of success in my career. I performed a one-person show called Basic Training. That was a mixture of breakdancing and theater uh, about my violently abusive childhood and how I found peace by joining the military and then sharing my story on stage with strangers. Um and, and so I'm just taking this story around the world, and it's it's sold out at the Edinburgh Fringe Festival twice. It won the Fringe First Award, New York Times Critics Pick. It got me selected twice for Cirque du Soleil. I, I mean, I just felt like, and then I ended up performing magic in Japanese at Caesar's Palace for three years. We'll save that for another interview. But, <laughs> you know, you know how it is, man. I know you, you people you know, listening, we're just trying to make ends meet. And, and one of the things that I felt like was really... Um, unique about my journey was that I shook hands with every audience member as they left the show. I think that's so incredible. Like how many of us do that for every single one of our attendees? Yeah, I know it's, it's, it's odd, but it actually came from my time in the U S air force because we, uh, I was a part of a group called tops in blue, which since 1953 was tasked uh, to perform for our troops in harm's way and thank them for their service, remind them what they're fighting for. And we were required to shake the hand of every soldier who came to see us perform. And, and that was the first thing that looking back, that's where this app, this whole business really started because back then, you know, back in the day, day, you had to talk to your audience. There was no social media. You actually had to talk to people. Imagine that, right? <laughs> Imagine that. Imagine that. <laughs> so, so, so you decided that, like, hey, we're gonna, I'm gonna start shaking my hands of every, you know, person that attended one of my performances. Like, and I think we're we're gonna. I know where this story goes, but tell everyone a little <laughs> about, like, what next steps and what led you to start. We show up. Well, you know, shaking everyone's hand seems like a terrible idea in 2020, but it was actually, oh, you know, uh, what led me to doing this was that I, when I wrote Basic Training, which started in the Fringe Festival circuit, uh, it was uh, it was just something I was I would do to to thank people. It wasn't like I wasn't trying to sell anything. I was just saying, look, people, 
you have a dollar is not easy to come by. You chose to spend this time with me. The least I can do is work my butt off on stage and thank you as you leave. That's the least I can do. And you know what happened, Will, is that people started being honest with me. They were like, Khalil, I didn't think I was going to like that but it was amazing and I would have paid more for it. And one person after another all over the world, man, whether it was Sydney, Australia or Dubai, as I'm shaking hands with people, they say, I would have paid more for that. And that planted the seed in my head of, well, why can't they pay more for that? Is it, is it possible that the perceived value of, of my show is highest at the end? And can I be the only person in the world who feels this way? And the answer is obviously no. There's totally way more people out there that, that felt totally that, yeah, people would probably pay more. So you decided to create a mechanism for like, you know, well, no, you started this kind of, if I remember right, you did this like kind of offline in a low tech yeah. way first and then kind of built it into the technology it is now. That's right. That's right. I, I started with the traditional, you know, pass the hat. Everybody come and see the show. Because as a performer, you know how it is. You, you do events. You get tired of ticketing, man. It's like, oh, I got to pick this, which system. I was like, what if I could just focus on performing and giving the best show possible for these kind people? And so I did pass the hat. And I made more money that way than had I charged $20 a person. But the problem was I had email addresses over here and I had a ton of cash over here. And I had no way of thanking people who put $100 bills in or even $1 bills in. I was like, how is there no way for me to connect the two? And then, I, of course, I, you hit Google. And this was 2018. And of all the companies out there. Uh, I could not find anyone that allowed you to make a reservation for an event as an audience member, enjoy the event, and then pay when the value of the experience is highest, which is afterwards. So I built it. So cool. And that's basically we show up in like uh, like a very one sentence explainer, that's right. right? That's right. <laughs> that's right. It is a digital pay what you want solution for events. It doesn't have to be theater. It doesn't have to be in person. It also works online and it allows audiences to discover you in a way that de-risks the fact that they've never heard of you before. And it allows them to uh, to pay when the value of your talent is highest, which is afterwards. I that's awesome. I love that this is disrupting the traditional revenue generating scheme that we kind of have. And I think we'll talk a little bit further about this, but to help people kind of understand this a little bit more, what's the difference between, and I, and maybe there is no difference between this, what's the difference between this and like a tipping system as well? Because it feels very much like almost like a tip you're leaving. You say passing the hat, that sort of thing. What's kind of the difference between it? That's such a good question, man. And and I and the, the difference with tipping is let's use a restaurant. When you tip, you've already paid full price for that meal. They didn't give you a discount on the steak. You order a, you order a T-bone, you're, you're paying $37.95 or whatever that is. And if you want to tip a little bit afterwards, then that's fine. Now, with performance and events and live experiences or even online experiences where you have a talented person sharing their talent, what they're looking for is discovery. So they're with our model, they're not asking you for full price up front. They're saying, hey, look, Will, I know you've never heard of me. I'm glad you found me, but pay a couple of dollars to come check me out and let me prove that I'm worth the money that you work so hard to earn. And then afterwards, when you're feeling like, man, that, that was, she was incredible, you get a text or an email that says, not, not one or two dollars, but it's whatever the artist decides 
to ask you for. You get three choices and an empty text box. And the text says, hey, Will, thanks for coming to see basic training by Khalil Ashanti. How much would you like to contribute? $25, $15, $10, empty text box. And uh, we and that that's really, that's it. And then the other model we have that's been really successful, especially with live streaming, is, hey, Will, it's free to make a reservation. We only charge you if you don't show up. Ooh. Otherwise, afterwards, you can, you you can you know choose how much you'd like to pay. So that that's that's the that's, the, that's those are the trees we're shaking, man. We're trying to make some <laughs> toys out here. You know, that's crazy. I, uh, okay, I have a lot of questions right now. So, um, I, definitely summarizing what you said. I mean, it's it's more it's a little bit sometimes ah uh, like where a restaurant and you tip, you have a high amount of commitment up front, and there's a little bit of upside on the end, almost like a like a little like a high base, some little small commission. That's right. Whereas this is low commitment up front, but maybe a higher return on the end, which is really really cool. So curious to know. Um, uh, let's start dive into maybe some statistics with this. Cause I think, um, I know there's one easy one I'll give to you and then I'll go into the other two. When you found that you told people to set their own price and I already know they answered this, but they, I think the audience needs to hear it. How much more money or less money did you get, make telling people to set their own price? Well, people paid 30% more than they were asked to pay. Wow. And it's important. <laughs> yeah. Right. This is the thing, Will. This is, I thought, you know why nobody else is doing this? Because it sounds crazy. <laughs> that's why. <laughs> yeah. It sounds completely counterintuitive to what you think that, would happen. That's right. But, I, I, you know, you get out there, you start performing. And then the fact that I'm an actor who knows how to write code and build these things means maybe I just approached it in a way that somebody with a computer science degree and no performing experience would never even think about. But the other thing I wanted to be clear about was that the audience member doesn't always set the price. So the performer, they create an event and we show up and they say, hey, I want audiences to pay $7.50 up front. And then afterwards, I want to ask them for X, Y, Z, three different prices afterwards. And then there's an empty text box. But either way, like you said, people are paying, 81% of people pay something and 30% of people pay more than they were asked to pay to begin with. Wow, that's awesome. Okay, so now I want to dive even deeper into like some of the statistics. And um, I don't know if you have this data like readily available, but I, I think I'm just more curious on like majority versus minority on it, on choice. But from when people had the choice, um, you said that um, more 31% of people paid more. Does that mean they chose the empty um, write-in box 31% of the time? Oh, that's a good question. Uh, yeah, no, I'm curious. Like, out of the choices, like, what radio box did people select at what times? That was my like my my yeah. curiosity with it. And it yeah. maybe that data isn't quite right there yet. Yeah, but I, I, yeah well, that that's actually data that we were compiling pre-COVID because we uh, got a grant to share this information with the industry, and awesome. and and so yeah yeah. I'm sorry, I don't have that off the top of my head, but. But, but we'll get yeah. we'll get we'll get it out to the audience at some point. We'll update the 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 description of the podcast yeah. or yeah, something absolutely. like that when all that data comes out. Uh, I asked a super fresh question. <laughs> um, okay, so now um, kind of diving into uh, what how this works also for an area that people are most concerned about right now, which is um, you know in person events have been very easy to price for years because we've been doing them. We know how to compare it. There's competitors, but a lot of people are struggling also with online events, and that's actually how we got connected originally. Um, was talking about how this is such an innovative model also for online live streams for like, yeah. you know, musical artists who are currently just like, oh yeah, I'm going to like put on my webcam and play in my living room and, 
you know, this is like Cheryl Crow who's used to making a quarter million dollars every night, you know, like how, how can we start monetizing it? So how does this work potentially for online events? And why do you think this also revolutionizes for online and digital and virtual events? Well, because I feel like what, what a lot of these companies and industries are missing is something that we decided not to do is we didn't want to build a ticketing company. We built an audience company. And live streaming is just one more way we're seeing that the audience is the hero of the story. And the way that we show up works with live events takes it one step further because you can use YouTube Live, uh, Jitsi, Vimeo, Zoom, whatever streaming service you're using. We show up allows you to wrap a commerce and attendance conversation around that. So instead of streaming for free, and creating zero value for you as an entrepreneur, as a businesswoman, or as an as a performer, uh, you get no data when you stream for free. So with We Show Up, we set it up in a turnkey way for you to accept reservations for your stream, send them an email that says, hey, Will, thanks for making a reservation for my live stream. Here's the link. We'll email you the password closer to the gig. And now this person has made a reservation. They've entered their credit card number. They've paid $7.50 or a dollar or free for your stream. But now you know who they are. And now they're going to enjoy your live stream. And then our system, our, our, the way that our code works is that it's timed to the end of your stream to send them uh, uh, a text, a thank you note or whatever you like that says, hey, how much did you think it was worth? So, so that's been the really exciting and fun part about the live stream economy is that we are the only solution that does that. And, and, and the results have been pretty incredible. What sort of, um, you know, uh, outside of obviously adopting and utilizing your guys' software, but when people are looking to adopt this mentality of, I'll call it the we show up model, um, what sort of things do people need to be thinking about when they are doing this? Like what sort of tips do you have for people if they're considering doing this? Is there a good way to do it, a bad way to do it? Yeah. Tell me a little bit more. Yeah. I, I, you know what, man, I'm, that, I'm glad you asked that question. And I just want to give a shout out to Crowdcast and Stage It and everybody out here in these streets trying to, trying to make this work for artists. I think I have a ton of respect for all these companies. We're obviously in a very different space in the way we approach it. But best practices are stop calling it a donation. You're not, you're not a nonprofit. You don't need donations. You're, you're, you're working hard as artists. So communication is very, very important for artists dealing with their audiences. And it's a skill set that now is a perfect time to build. So that's the first one. The second one is, is stop doing it for free because you're setting a precedent in the minds of the audience that allows them to devalue everything that you stand for. Uh, and that's hard to change. Once something somebody sees something for free, you're not going to get them to pay for it. And that's uh, a lot. It's very difficult for artists to get to get around, especially when you're starting out. You're trying to build that audience. You're trying to do your thing. You're trying to make that money. And free is easier. You really have to take a stand. And one of the things that I, I implore artists to do and, and create, and this is you know creative entrepreneurs, creative souls, maybe you're a blogger or whatever, is to understand who your audience is not. And if people aren't willing to pay for you, they're not your audience. And, and that is a way I feel like in a connected economy to build the belonging that scales in a way that makes your audience the hero of the story and allows you to be something that 
uh, they would miss if you were not there. Oh, I love it. I love it. This is awesome. I think this is like so good for people to tactically think about. And I love the idea of that, you know, it, you're setting a precedent a hundred percent. Like, you know, it just terrifies me when I see these events that they were usually charging a thousand dollars to attend. And now they're like, oh yeah, we'll, we'll do it for $30. I'm like, oh my gosh, you're never yeah. going to be able to go back to a thousand dollars. Like that's like so terrifying to think about. Um, what are, um, what are, do you see being as, um, some of the biggest challenges, um, when it comes to setting this model, not beyond just like obviously calling a donation or, you know, starting with free or whatever it may be, but what sort of other challenges do you see when it comes to this model that you think that planners need to be thinking about if they're looking at making this transition to this, uh, this pricing model? Uh, there's a couple of things to think about. I feel like is one of the things is that eventually people are going to go back to live events. <laughs> I, I know it True. seems like a long way away. I, I am not an advocate of making any of these planners out here think that live events are dead. They're not dead. They, they'll just never be the same. And so we show up in the model that in what we stand for with inclusive, diverse, and equitable access to all events is the fact that even as people go back to live events, there may still be some live streaming. Who knows in that crystal ball? But what we do know is that there's going to be a whole lot of empty seats and there's going to be a lot of different venues still struggling. It's not going to be a flip that you switch, uh, you know, to to be able to to, to fill your venues and, and get people going to gigs again. So using We Show Up is a great way now to just start thinking about ways to engage your audience and build that trust and that brand identity in a way that doesn't alienate a lot of folks out there who have lost their jobs, don't have the dough that they had, and might not even have the discretionary time or income to that to come and see gigs at, at your venues. So so it's uh, I, I feel like this uh, time and this model is, is very, very relevant, but also provides that long tail view so that it, it's, it goes beyond the live streaming uh, craze we're in right now. I love it. This is awesome. Uh, so talk me through a little bit about, so we uh, obviously this is a tech podcast. So we got to talk about some tech. Um, yeah, talk man. a little bit through the technology and kind of some things that like you think that really make this cool and unique. So I think like, for example, one of the things you mentioned is that it can utilize email or text. And because like, let's be honest, we're, a lot of times we're at these events, there's a mobile experience, but you can also, it sounds like it, there's some like scheduling into it that you can fire it off at a specific time. So That's maybe like great. walk through a little bit about like what the setup of this looks like and what sort of um, ways that people can set up a campaign campaign to uh, to be used, utilizing we show up yeah look we, we show up is built on the same technology stack as uh, Airbnb and uber um, it scales infinitely well um, we're using Heroku and AWS uh, in different ways to make sure that whether it's a hundred thousand people or two that that uh, you get a great experience it takes less I can't remember. We clocked it. I think it was like seven or eight minutes from the time you go to weshowup.io and click that button to being able to be on sale. Um, and you're right. You can time the email. So our thing is about, again, about inclusive and diverse and equitable, which means that you own your audience data, right? So you get to decide when that email is sent to Will, who made a, a reservation. You can edit the email. So we really made it agile. And the other thing that I wanted to share, Will, is because like you said, this is a tech podcast. One of the things that gets overlooked is listening to the user. 
talking to the users. We were fortunate enough in the early days of, you know, I built the prototype, I wrote the code myself and launched it. And then, you know, because theaters around the world started writing checks for me to build this, not only was it a tremendous amount of validation, but I got to hire people smarter than me to do things like CSS and things I don't have the patience for. But um, the, the whole idea was is that it was validated learning. We launched something ugly as soon as humanly possible. And then everything that we've implemented with the tech and the type of experience that we have is because of user feedback and us constantly talking to the customers and asking for criticism and listening and sorry, not, uh, and, and listening for consistency and not, you know, if you ask most customers, it's like, hey, you should have a mobile app. Okay, yeah, let's try that. You know, we, we you, you do want to look for patterns, but when it comes to the tech stack, it's deceptively simple, but uh, unbelievably complicated in the way that we execute it. And we feel like that's one of our moats. Awesome. Wow. Incredible. Um, well, I'm curious to know too, Khalil, uh, what do you think is the future of this kind of set your own price model? And what's, where do you see the future of this technology going and the future of We Show Up going? You know, I think the economics of perceived value will continue to be a, a top of mind uh, for marketers and, and creative souls as we try to engage audiences in an economy that is rapidly changing. I mean, I have three boys, they're 11, eight and five, and they don't know the difference between NBC, CBS, and you know, the, all these different things that you and I probably took for granted as kids. <laughs> uh, they don't, they don't, you know, and, and, and so I, I feel like where all of this is going is putting the audience in the driver's seat. If we are in the midst of a cultural creative renaissance with more content to consume than ever before dude let me tell you a story this here's where it's going i yeah. finally got cast on a series on on amazon prime called the tick oh yeah 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 yeah, right? yeah i know tick now i've been in i've been in this business in the game since 1988 as a stand-up comic i'm trying to work trying to, and you go on 100 auditions you might get one there's so much content out there that i got cast in a major show on amazon prime it was hugely anticipated broadcast, and I still have relatives who didn't even know it was there. Wow. Because <laughs> there's so much stuff out there. So I feel yeah, like yeah. You know, audiences continue to want to have a say in how they value experiences. They have more information at their fingertips to make choices. And the advertising industrial complex is, is advertising will always be here, but it's, it's withering in ways that I don't think we could foresee. And, and I think the future of We Show Up is that it actually becomes really this talent discovery engine powered by the economics of perceived value that not only for theater or music, but for any time people gather and, and want to take part and, and you know, arrive as strangers and leave as friends, it's an opportunity for artists and audiences to connect in whatever way they seem they, they they want and in a way that doesn't make people feel bad for not having uh, enough money or the socioeconomic background to, to belong and i think that belonging is going to be a key factor in our future awesome awesome all right i got two more questions for you um so let's go the the first one which is what is one piece of technology that you are that really excites you right now that you are just like super duper jazzed about Oh man, you know, there's one called, um, 
oh, of course it slips my mind. It's the technology that allows you to uh, uh, find your way through a building. I can't remember what. It's oh, like uh, yeah, like uh, like so using uh, blow Bluetooth low energy to be able to go like up vertical, like when you go up and downstairs. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, 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 and yeah, that's right. And there's a, a company. Um, I've always wanted to figure out a way for when dads are sent to the grocery store and you can't find a damn thing to have <laughs> technology. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, yeah, like hyper, <laughs> hyper, like hyper local, like That's like right. down, yeah, down to the inches. We know yeah. where that product is. Yeah, yeah. You send me for baked beans. I'm not looking at aisle three. And oh, come on, they moved them last week, and you know somebody didn't spilled something. <laughs> Just let me flip on my phone and get in and get out. You know, so it's it's totally. that technology. Yeah. Awesome. I can imagine that too, eventually like uh, interplacing with like AR and you like, you're wearing your glasses and it's like baked beans, like pointing exactly hovering over the baked beans where it That's is right. too for you. There you go. I love it. Awesome. Awesome. Well, also I want to give a chance for you to kind of um, promote, we show up and get, get a chance for if people are interested in this idea of perceived value pricing um, and want to implement your tool into their events. Um, where do people go? How easy is it? Tell people a little bit of information about it. Thanks, man. All you got to do is go to we show all one word, all lowercase, we show up.io. And when you get to the site, click get started. It'll ask you a couple of questions to register as an organizer. And then you'll get an email from our team to ensure you are indeed human and you're off and running. It's, it's that simple. Uh, there is no, you don't have to worry about knowing how to code um, and you don't have to worry about downloading an app. It is responsive. It looks great on all devices. And and uh, it, it all it is is you know you can either you get a custom landing page with we show up or you can add a button on your website or your Facebook event page, and it's it's good to go. So I invite you know follow us on Instagram at at a we at we dot show up or Khalil dot Ashanti, and uh, yeah, come and have some fun. We we'd love to have you. We we've got virtual wine tastings. We we've got people making jewelry out of fish skin. It you you name it, we got it. So uh, all are welcome. <laughs> that is awesome. That is awesome. Uh, Khalil, it's so awesome. Thank you so much for coming to be on the show and kind of getting to tell your story and uh, share a little bit of information about what it's like to do this. Yeah, this perceived pricing uh, uh, economics when it comes to events. Thank you so much for coming on the show today. My pleasure, Will. Thanks for having me. <laughs> Awesome. Well, thank you to the audience who's listening here today to the Event Tech Podcast. We want to know uh, what would you pay to be a part to listen to Event Tech Podcast. Obviously, we do this for free up front. <laughs> I'm I'm not listening to Khalil's advice, but maybe we'll have to change something soon. But I'd love to know. Shoot us an email, eventtechpodcast at helloendless.com. Uh, let me know what do you think that you would pay uh, for the Event Tech Podcast. I'm not going to at all charge for this anytime soon, um, but I'm just curious to see what you guys think as well. Uh, and as always, if you feel free to rate us review us on your favorite podcast platforms all that jazz we'd love to hear from you but that's going to do it for today's episode thank you Julio. thank you to the audience and uh yeah we'll see you guys next time on the event tech podcast thanks again for listening to the event tech podcast be sure to rate and review us on your favorite podcasting app also be sure to head to eventtechpodcast.com and leave us a comment about this week's episode we'll see you next week on the event tech podcast